Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 195, Episode 3 of The Daily Zeitgeist! A production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Wednesday, July 28th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Here comes the sun, do-do-do-do. Here comes the sun, and I said... Kiss Jack's thighs. Dum 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 dum. Uh, my sun-kissed thighs. That one is Aww. courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi Man, and I am thrilled to be joined uh, by today's special guest co-host. Uh, he is the Marv Albert of competitive gaming, uh, without all the ass biting. The producer of many a podcast on this network, including Fake Doctors, Real Friends. You know him from his appearance on Family Feud oh my with, God. with that podcast. And as the uh, nicest man in podcasting, Whoa. please welcome DJ Daniel. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, DJ Daniel, a.k.a. Hideo Noho. Yes, I am here in my <laughs> Wait, <seat>. what? <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> I get, yeah, Jack, what an intro. Oh, my God. I am totally touched by that. Yes, I was on that, all those things you said. But to, mm-hmm. to take to take nicest man in podcasting from Alex Schmidt, I feel like it's just unfair. When nah, man, truly, Alex has truly. let the success of uh, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating go to his head. All right, fair play. He told us like now. Well, now. Right, well, there yeah. you go. Hey, can't you know what? It happens to all of us. <laughs> Uh, you're you're the nicest man behind the mic, and he's the nicest that. man on the mic. That's uh, I'll take that for sure. Yeah, I'll take that. Well, you thank go. you. And I'm absolutely thrilled to be here again for another spectacular episode of uh, the Daily Zeitgeist. Wow, bringing it, taking that Marv Albert shit right to <laughs> right to the people, right to the dome. Well, DJ Daniel, yes, sir. You are in luck uh, because I, I, oh, we yeah, are joined in our third seat. By a talented musician and comedian, but not a musical comedian, not a comedic musician. His album is a serious, great work of art. Uh, it has a 7.4 on Pitchfork. Oh my goodness, you're doing all my work. But he's a 7.5 in our hearts. Uh, he's the father of the meme and the amazing podcast, Cold Brew Got Me Like. Please welcome the brilliant, the talented, the enigmatic, the chaotic, Chris Crofton! Hey, what's up? So glad to be here. What's That's up, man? so nice. What a great inter- uh, introduction. I oh, love that. I'm enigmatic. Enigmatic. I'm really not enigmatic. Chaotic. That's the thing. I've just got a lot of problems. <laughs> Which mimics enigmatic. I'm not going to lie. The best part of my day yesterday was opening up the uh, doc for today's show and seeing special guest Chris Crofton. I literally went, Yes! Yeah. That's yes. so nice. We got Chris That's on the show. So, thank you so much. I love being on the show so much. And it's really, uh, it's the reason I'm rich <laughs> from, from being on the show. Yeah. So, I mean, I thank you guys very much. There Perfect. you go. In a hot tub with more jets than, than the actual jets the team has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, your hot tub. Ah, is- I didn't even write that. <laughs> that I, didn't even, I didn't even have that. Off the dome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really in a hot tub. I'm in my uh, landlord's garage, and it's very hot. Hell yeah. yeah. Are you are you sipping on some cold brew? I'm I'm oh, sweating yeah. because uh, I'm sipping on some hot drip. This hot drip got me like oh, uh, no. sweating a little bit. Oh, wow. no. sweating on my tense. upper lip. Hot drip makes me tense. Yeah, it's the most caffeinated of uh, of coffees, with possible exception of cold brew. Oh wow, that sounds it- like a 
you throwing down the gauntlet? Yeah, a little bit. I'm I'm hot drip. <laughs> the world's I'm, stupidest gauntlet that I live in. I'm hot drip. Got me like the guy. world's dumbest gauntlet wow. that I yeah. that I've decided to live inside. Wow. <laughs> is there a little bit of uh, is there a little bit of that hot drip making you feel back at home now that you're in the home base of the office? Does it feel yeah. like Does it feel right again? Yeah, man. Came in early today. Got the got a big pot of coffee brewing in the uh, office kitchen. It was it was nice. And then, uh, yeah. Are you the only one in there? There is a writer's room happening directly above me for a Will Ferrell podcast, uh, which hasn't been announced, but it's a little uh, Easter egg for you TDZ ooh. listeners. Eagle-eared listeners. Where's my writer's room? Uh, <laughs> am I right? Imagine if you just showed up and had your podcast written for you already. <laughs> what a life that would be. <laughs> I, I would take it. I would take and it. then you have like an earpiece in like all those actors that can't even memorize their lines, which is their only yeah. goddamn job. <laughs> God damn. Is there a way I can just show up and uh, get this over with and then yeah. get back to uh, sex crimes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. Oh, my God. <laughs> tiny little earpiece. Yeah. Sex crimes and or selling tequila. And you have no job at all. <laughs> <laughs> you have zero job. <laughs> just repeat. Mm. Perfect. Uh, and then you get an award like a year and a half later that for a movie you didn't even remember being in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brando had like the cue cards for all of his lines, like taped to his scene partners in yep. The Godfather. Like that's James incredible. Yeah. I didn't know that. That fucking rules. Yeah. Just... You turn other great actors into billboards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's when you know you're in charge. Yeah. <laughs> like, Legends. I'm going to tape shit to Robert Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you've arrived. There was also like a lot of mooning each other and like exposing each other, exposing oneself to each other uh, behind the scenes of The Godfather. It was a real uh, dumb place to uh, create a brilliant work of, of art. Apparently. Real mafioso shit. Yeah, you know, well, mafia just, shit. Standard. I was just, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, like the, it's still a film set. I mean, they, they did a good job with it, but offset, you know what was up. Yeah, it was just like a lot of fucking. <laughs> oh, you know what was about. up? Mooning. Yeah. That's what Moon, I mean, that's true. Back then, that was like the whole deal. Like, if you wanted to get wacky. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, look over here. Ah, ah, <laughs> the yeah. height of comedy. Got me. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah. Like, God, God, yeah, exactly. Got me again. Oh, no. But <laughs> All right, Chris, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a couple of things we're talking about. We'll check in with uh, vaccination rates and COVID rates in uh, Tokyo. Uh, masks having to go back on. We'll talk about L.A. experimenting with this kind of avant-garde idea of treating uh, unhoused people like people instead of like garbage to be removed. Uh, Shocker. Turns out it works. We'll talk about uh, Kanye is apparently living in that Mercedes-Benz stadium where he debuted his album now perfect uh (laughs) i i kind of love that we might even get to that hospital horse because i i think the did you guys see the picture of the horse that visits people in hospital oh yes i have seen that that was submitted to me as a culprit got me like yeah (laughs) it's so interesting like the horse looks so menacing and confident and apparently it it chooses who it it chooses who it visits based like it'll like stop its hoof outside of people's room and they'll be like, OK, he's he's going to visit this this, this patient. 
sort of like an angel of death thing. So I thought, <laughs> Jesus, I didn't think of that. You're right. <laughs> I was thinking just about the people who felt bad. Like, is the horse going to come? Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. oh, yeah. No, the horse he is like, you. The horse is like a mean girl who's like, no, she's out. Jesus. Yeah, on my deathbed, rejected by a horse. Never mind, bitch. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. We'll get to all the of that. The indignity. Plenty more. But first, Chris, what is something from your search history? Well, now, if you, anybody's heard me on this show before, I mostly talk about, like, abandoned mine exploration, mm. mudlarking. A favorite. Any, any kind of, like, amateur archaeology type stuff is what I like. Mm. And I use the term archaeology extremely loosely. <laughs> right. Finding shit yeah. would be a better amateur metal detector enthusiast. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about like I mean I guess I should just talk about abandoned mines. I started following this bottle guy. This guy I mean, not following him. I don't follow anybody. I just go look at him, but <laughs> look at him. Smart. Look at him. I'm not trying to sound not old today. Look at you. Yeah, I'm not I You're look doing at great him. so far. Oh, what shows do yeah, what do I look at on YouTube? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's like my grandfather used to say that you know like are you gonna like he wants to look at television mm-hmm. i like the literal yeah it does kind of remind you that you are actually looking at a fucking box but correct plus all the rich people in my neighborhood like i go hiking and they all just watch tv in these huge mansions they just sit and watch television it's yeah. unbelievable they need four square feet they have like 88 billion square feet they need four yeah in a flat screen tv you I look at these see, beautiful You can see homes. like the blue light flickering. Oh my okay. god! You can see right in their houses because they're in fucking rich people world, so no one ever does anything. So they <laughs> right. just like leave all their curtains open and everything unlocked, leave their shit unlocked, yeah. probably got their keys in their Porsche Cayenne, <laughs> and uh, and they fucking sit in their goddamn oh, god. gigantic air conditioned fucking mausoleum and watch Fox News on a fucking. Ugh. Anyway, it's just kind of amazing to me that, Cold that that's got me like just how much room <laughs> they need to watch TV. Aspirational, you know? How much room do you fucking need to watch TV? How much fucking room do you need? Yeah. A lot, okay, so, apparently. Yeah. So anyway, I was Anita Berber. I got real into Anita Berber. Okay. Anita Berber is this like flapper kind of lady from Weimar, Germany, who was like a drug addict. She's like sort of Jim Morrison of like 1918 or something, oh, 1920 cool. something. Her name's okay. Anita Berber. And Otto Dix did a portrait of her where she's like got, she kind of looks like, um, just, well, not like Jessica Rabbit. I don't even know who Jessica Rabbit is. Um, like, sort of like, uh, <laughs> she just looks like, oh, I know who she looks like. She looks like, um, she's got those painted on lips that make her look like, she's like, a, there's a, like the, the Looney lips Tunes. Or the, the Rolling Stones cover? No, an oh, old Looney Tunes. No, yeah, an old yeah. Looney Tunes lady. That looks, Betty Boop. It's like based on her. Yeah, she, I, I bet Betty, Betty Boop was based Betty on Boop. Nita Berber. But anyway, Nita Berber, I just think it's interesting because the boomers will not be quiet about how they like, you know, got rid of the 1950s. They got rid of the 1950s. Like, oh, 1950s, we were uptight. And, and and then we blew it all up. And, you know, David Crosby is like the world's greatest person or something. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, it's just all a bunch of horse shit, you know, because Anita Berber died at age 29 of like fucking, she did shit that was so much cooler than Jim Morrison. She fucking snorted chloroform out of like bowls with like white rose petals in it. Like she fucking what? filled goldfish bowls with fucking chloroform and just put her head in it. And she did cocaine and she ran around nude and Weimar Germany was like right before yeah. Nazi Germany. And it's like mm. Nazis used the, it's kind of like, you know, uh, the sort of 
insurrectionists or, or, you know, the Republicans being like, you know, America's going down the tubes and that we need to like basically be authoritarians to get everybody back in shape. Mm-hmm. It's like the old trick, you know. So, so yeah, like things were getting too cool, basically, yeah. in Weimar yeah. Germany. And so she some, sounds sick. So Anita Berber, yeah, she's like fucking cool as hell, and she's got her the pictures of her are amazing. And I went online to see if I could. <laughs> then I started looking for artifacts. I'm like, go on eBay, and I'm like, actual Anita Berber photograph. Like I'm gonna get one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, and then my next thing on my search history is Leslie Van Houten. So I like like uh. Feminist icons that are not really, you know, good role models. <laughs> That's but uh, Anita, Anita Berber, uh, L- Leslie Van Houten was one of the fucking Manson murderers. I was going to say, when you search <laughs> Leslie Van Houten, it just says Leslie Van Houten, convicted criminal. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're doing a little bit of like a uh, Google excavation. Anita you're... Berber, man, check her out. She is like, seriously, this idea that the, the, the 1960s was the first time people went ape shit is such a bunch of shit. I'm right. so sick of boomers talking about the shackles of the 50s and the fucking throwing off of the shackles with, and with it gives, like, you know. Yeah, and it gives going crap. ape shit a bad name because look what they became, you know, the boomers. It's, it's yes. bad. <laughs> yes. People uh, would never stop talking about their childhood more than any other generation. I think that's their main claim to, claim to fame. Yeah. People who have never talked, no one has ever talked as much about their 20s. At least the 20s just like fucking drove it into the ground and then, you know, Great Depression and then World War II and just really, you know, went out, <laughs> went out big. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, um, well, you know, I think that I just think that there was always a time, you know, there's always like there's probably a cave, you know, there was a cave, a cave woman that was like snorting river dirt or whatever got yeah. you high back then you know, I don't know. Uh, that shit's good <laughs> what, what's something you think is overrated billionaires <laughs> come on man Whoa, i'm sorry i know you I've guys have been enough. talking about that i know okay, God. i won't talk about it i won't talk about you it. leave I just, billionaires i alone. just wanted to say one thing one thing about them yeah because i know you guys i'm sure on this podcast you guys have just been fucking talking about billionaires till you want to fucking barf never Never, we never love, have. We never heard about them. this. Uh, <laughs> we, we wish them the best. We're, wow, we're kind of like the Washington Post here, and that we think what Jeff Bezos is doing is really cool. Actually, it's really, actually really good tight. For, it's like super fucking tight. Yeah, it's coolness. It's coolness research. Yes, exactly. It's to see how cool it is, and he said it was cool. Can a fifty-five-year-old man pull off a cowboy hat? Is is one of the things that he was Can researching. Can he be any cooler? <laughs> yeah. So be? anyway, I was just, I just have been talking a lot about that on. Um, we've been talking a lot about that on. Uh, Cold Brew got me like my pa- podcast just because. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done. <laughs> because, uh, because like I just think that the most outrageous thing is that they keep trying to throw in this like that they are doing research of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't bring any stuff. You can see right in the space capsule. Right. There's yeah. like nothing in there at all. They didn't bring shit. Yeah. Nothing. To to quote myself, they've just made space the VIP room of a club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's like guess where I'm dancing, asshole. <laughs> guess I bet you're not dancing weightless at one oak or whatever they fucking party at now. I don't know. Yeah. One oak. The Luxor. <laughs> I like using antique things. Like, you know, I bet you're not I bet you're not weightless at the hottest nightclub in the world at the Luxor in Las Vegas. <laughs> Nailed it. In the top of the Luxor pyramid. Wow. Anyway, so yeah, I just think that the the fact that 
the most outrageous thing to me, even more outrageous than the cowboy hat, even more outrageous than those fucking $5 spacesuits that they were wearing. And, you know, they're a pure theater. There's no reason. They're just going in a high plane. They're not mm-hmm. even going to real space. They don't need to yeah. wear a spacesuit. They can wear their street clothes. They might as and, well just be saying, wee the yes. whole time. And, like that's and just the, the, someone pointed out that, you know, the Jeff Bezos saying, we're excited to see what we find out. Like, that's not the point. Yeah, they've right never, they, we've had a space shuttle before. Yeah. <laughs> we've had a space shuttle that took up equipment and stuff. You didn't even bring any equipment. Nothing. They brought a ball they could throw around. So, you know, yes. Confirmed so that's no just, gravity. I just, I just want to highlight the fact that their spaceships are empty. You can see them. Yeah. We yeah. want to find out. And people pointed out also that high balloons have gone to that part of the atmosphere. There's nothing what we're going to find out. We're going to find out that you're a dick. Yeah. That's <laughs> all. You and your friends are a bunch of dicks. And Richard Branson <laughs> uses shell companies to avoid fucking taxes. That's what we're going to find out, you fucks. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's Cold brew about. truth bomb. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Straight from concentrate. So that's boring. I know. Billionaires is boring. But, but it's, on my I mean, it worked in a, in a certain respect because, like, when you look at, I think there was there was a statistic that one morning of Jeff Bezos going to space got as much coverage as climate change got for the entire year 2020. Like one morning Hell of yeah. Bezos traveling to yeah. space. So, I mean, it's just like <sighs> the mainstream media bought it, bought it hook, line, and sinker. Well, they need something. Yeah. They need something every two minutes. This yeah. model, this model of getting people to click on stuff, there's no way to go. 24 hours of needing new clicks. This just right. leads to, yeah, stories about what's coming up on the show, like a horse visiting people in the hospital. <laughs> and also, you know, it's like they need that stuff. They yeah. probably, that's probably not even a horse. It's probably like news producers in a goddamn <laughs> suit, <laughs> a horse suit. Just like, we need a story. This is, it's been five minutes since something horrible happened. Are you sure? Are you sure no one's electrocuted themselves in Bulgaria? Because <laughs> you can story. use that. People don't care. And, and that person make, gets visited by the It's just one, but then just say people in Bulgaria are getting electrocuted. Make it bigger. There you go. There you go. What is, uh, what's something you think is underrated? My podcast. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> My Cold podcast, Brew Cold Brew, got me like. <laughs> boom, boom. Hit him with another my, one. What's my, the format? Yeah, it's just me and my brother, Greg. And much like my other podcast with my brother, Greg, which was one called the, the Chris Crofton Show. And the other one is called was called Best of Bread, which is a, was Best of Bread was an actual radio show we had on we had on the radio station in Nashville, the Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt College radio station before they sold it to NPR. But you know, we just end up talking a lot about stuff. Spectacular. Then we then we watch some videos. Like this week, we watched. I was hoping Jamie Loftus would be on, just not Danny. Danny, I did it's it okay. again. It's I'm the okay. only. I'm, I'm calling people okay. Danny. I'm like it's my amazing. dad. It's, it's my great. dad. You, you know, my, my dad's call- teacher. I love it. No, it's awful. It's awful. And I'll tell you why. It's because I misread Daniel one time for hmm. I thought it said Danny. And then I called you Danny. Anyway, it's absurd. Your real name a million D- times. DJ is your DJ name is Daniel. Yeah. Sure, yes. Yeah. And DJ you're Daniel. you. But you prefer to be called Dan. Yeah. Dan. Dan's, yes. Dan's good. Yes. Dan's yes. Good. So anyway. Yeah. Yes. Daniel's more like the brand. Yeah. OK. So yeah. Dan. Very All interpersonal. Right, that's cool. Between, between, yes. Between I close prefer. Friends, I I know you. Yes, okay. I know you. And, and I should I call you. you your proper name. Yeah. I don't want you to call me like K-Dog or something. So, K-Dog uh, with cro- Cold Brew Truth Bob. Crossing that off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Jack did that. Jack does that a lot. 
So, what was I going to say? Dan. You're Dan, talking about what cold brew got me like, got you, yeah, will yeah. get listeners like. Oh, is that what I was talking well, No, what yeah. I was talking about, me and Greg talking about. Best of Bread, the uh, college radio show. Best of Bread. Well, we just ended up talking. I forget what I was saying, but Best of Bread. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's not a brain wipe. You guys have listened to the show. You, actually, I don't think I think we cut the brain wipe off the show. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I well, think we actually may have kept it. Did we leave it? Like my brain went completely <laughs> when, blank. Mm-hmm, when you needed to grab an egg, we needed to grab an egg so we could reset. I get very excited egg. when I'm on this show, and then I don't eat. There you go. That's the problem. Got to eat. So anyway, cold brew got me like is uh, underrated because because it rules, and because we we talk about videos, <laughs> we show oh, yeah. funny videos, and there then uh, oh, that's what I was saying. Oh. I was hoping Jamie Loftus would be on, maybe, because I know she hosted last week. And I just was wondering, because I made fun of Massachusetts. Ah. And I wanted to get into a, like, you know, does, do you guys have any position on Massachusetts? Uh, I you live like, there for a little bit. Well, for the sake okay. of this conversation, All right, that's it's good. great. Okay. Let me hear right. it. And it's you're gonna, do you think it's wicked awesome and stuff? You know oh, why Massachusetts? Yeah, if it was so it cool, the there's a reason why wicked never made it out of Massachusetts. <laughs> wow. As far as slang. Yeah, you know? There's yeah. a reason. Yeah. Like, almost all slang takes wow. off now. People get slang taken off that sucks. And right. fucking Wicked still didn't take off. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Chugi. <laughs> because it sucks. Yeah, Chugi oh, takes oh, off oh. and Wicked doesn't take off. You know you got something wrong with your culture. <laughs> so <laughs> Chugi's a piece of shit. Yeah, Chugi I mean, sucks. that's insane. Who invented that? I think, it, I think it's intentionally dumb. I think right, that was the point. Who marketed it? Yeah. Is it from Bustle Media Group? <laughs> 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 I feel like a that's a bustle media. Hustle, I feel like that's a bustle media. media group move. Someone just developed that on like a whiteboard on a day the same day they were trying to figure out whether they should put on a horse costume and knock on dying people's doors. <laughs> um, so <laughs> just one whiteboard with horse both of those in, ideas on it. Yeah, a horse comes into your ideas. hospital room while you're dying and says, "You're chuggy." <laughs> um, so and it was their greatest honor. Yeah, and they're like, well, "Who was that?" But don't worry about it. It's for the news. <laughs> So I, we had this flute guy, like I, I just go around the, I huh? go around the, I go around the internet. I'm fucking done. I'm not talking crazy. Yeah. I'm making no sense. We had this flute guy. Is this related to Massachusetts or we're on the. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it was like this guy in a vest from the nineties that was talking, he was playing the flute and he like was wearing a vest and it was like nine, it was a nineties video. This woman interviewing a flute maker, mm. a guy who f- sells flutes and booths at craft fairs in Massachusetts. And he was wearing a vest. And he looked really tired. He looked like a Massachusetts guy. Mm. He looked like a tired... Anyway, it doesn't matter. There's plenty of people in Massachusetts who are going to kick my ass. So, <laughs> no, they don't uh, like anyway, fighting. It's the, yeah, I know. They're going to kill me. They're, no, they're, they're, they're very they're, peaceful and uh, yeah. conflict avoidant. I don't think so. That's not what I've seen. <laughs> they say wicked a bunch and then they kick your ass. I, when so, I lived there, I was once like watching a sporting event on a tv at a bar and like somebody was standing over by the bar and like he just like walked over and like offered to fight me he was like i can't i noticed you were looking at me bro like do you want to go outside and fight and i was like yeah 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 i wasn't i was watching this the game and he was he was like kind of confused but also like just took my refusal like he was like okay all right (laughs) oh he did wow yeah Yeah. yeah, it's a kind of it's a kind of scene where it's like, yeah, if we're not going to get laid, listen, the bar's closing in five minutes. Let's just fight everybody. Right. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so get that energy out somehow. Yeah, it's like in that documentary, Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> That's right. Directed by Warner Herzog. <laughs> 
How about them apples? Hey. A whole career out of that. Chris, it's not your fault. I know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I'm from Connecticut, so I have some idea of what I'm talking about. But anyway, the thing about Massachusetts was I realized that in the South where I moved, Nashville, I lived in Nashville for 13 years, there was a rockabilly problem there. You know, like people who live in the 50s, you know, yeah. you know, in, in quotes, yeah. you know, yeah. but they don't really, they kind of half live in the 50s. Like they got almost all 50s stuff, but then they drive like a regular car. So you say um, problem, so real, like, yeah, like infestation of Well, just there's like, yeah, a bit of a, just a, I mean, there's just a lot of rockabilly people down there. Got it. And I'm just, I used to do a lot of stand-up about rockabilly people and it wasn't very nice. And, <laughs> and I just always making fun of rockabilly people and uh -oh. people used to like it. And then I said, you know what? You got to leave these people alone. Everybody's got to deal with their their problems in different, different ways. Some people dress up like they're from the 1950s. It's not my, it's not my business. Right. But I do like the idea of, <laughs> like that they think they have time traveled, you know, they're like driving down the street. You know, I, I, any, I'm not going to get into that. This guy, I realized that where the South people think they're like in like Elvis's band or something. Right. From like the early band, not the late band, but like the band in the beginning, you know, like they're like, oh, I was in Elvis's, you know, the band where they had the pompadours and went like, dun, 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 whatever. Right. And then, and then I realized that the entire region around Massachusetts is doing like, they think it's like revolutionary war rockabilly. <laughs> <laughs> like they think they, wow. they think, cause he was, I realized that that whole wooden thing, you know, they're obsessed with wood up there, like wood. Oh, look, his house is beautiful. It's made of wood. <laughs> and like, <laughs> look at this fans. beautiful wooden flute. They're obsessed with wood in the Northeast. Wood. And it's wood. really is revolutionary war rockabilly. Huh? That's wow. what it is. It's like, I am Paul Revere. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, except you're not. I mean, I, I wish I could disagree with you. I lived in Lexington, Massachusetts, and they literally have a holiday where everybody dresses up like they're in the Revolutionary War and reenacts the first shot and, like, the guy getting killed by the British soldiers and all that shit. Yeah, and it's like this flute guy. This guy was like, he, he basically carved a Native American flute and put on a vest. He didn't even know what he was doing. He was like <laughs> half Paul Revere, half Sacagawea. Like, he thinks he's a fucking... Hybrid of all early America just because he lives in fucking Boston. Yeah. Anyway, that's my. So, anyway, direct all hate mail the best of bread at gmail.com, <laughs> please. You can. Uh, <laughs> I will not see wow. you anymore, you guys. Revolutionary War Rockabilly. I do. I I'm do finished. Kind of respect that. But that's what we watched. We watched the last last episode of Cold Brew Got Me Like. We watched We watched this flute guy. Is the hockey hair that they wear in Massachusetts, is that just like the revolutionary like ponytail but they let it down is that is that i think so okay. yes i think that that yes i'm I'm getting on board with this theory i definitely think that yeah, they like talking about the they love talking about the lexington bridge or whatever that is. i don't <laughs> even that's not even a thing but you know like there's a wooden bridge where they don't even know what it is they're like right you know lexington like that's Green. where paul revere told everybody to go to hell <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. that's where paul revere said give me liberty or give me death and my grandfather, Phineas, was blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, anyway, Colbert got me like it's on today. That's why I, I, I came on on the right day. This time. Hey, Perfect. I came it. on on the right day. So, it's on tonight on Twitch at 6.30 Pacific. So, that's 7.30 Mountain, 8.30 Central, and 9.30 wow. Eastern. Wow. And tonight Wednesday? on Twitch. Call, you, you got, got me all like, of them. You got Wednesday all the time night? zones. It's Wednesday night. On, right. I did it the right way. Because last yeah. time, remember, I appeared on the you, wrong you day. appeared on the mm -hmm. wrong day. Mm -hmm. All right. So, tonight... You guys listening to Get the show there. today, you can go on Twitch tonight at 6.30 Pacific and watch this great show I was just talking about that's all about um, Revolutionary War Rockabilly <laughs> and flute, flute 
guys who yeah. sit in booths, you know, and the woman who was interviewing him said, what's it like? And he, he said, I just sit in my booth. Sometimes people come by and just say, that sounds very good. What you're playing. <laughs> it's just the saddest most, shit you ever heard. Most honest of. answer to what's it like. so sad. Yeah, that cool. was his description of like, that was his badass story. <laughs> Sometimes people come over and tell me it sounds nice. There you wow. go. Okay, psycho. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I got fans. Yeah. It's, it's a great little video and it's got like 90s fonts on it. And it's just, it's oh, just perfect. You know, it's, yeah, it's a come to keep, keep making it sound better. I, <laughs> I don't want to blow your everybody's minds on the podcast, so I'll just leave it there. All right. Just tune in. Just tune in. There you go. Perfect. See, see for yourselves. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And. We'll be covering what actually happened uh, at the Olympics, like day-to-day shit and the trending episodes of the show. But in terms of like overall story, kind of the main story, Tokyo recorded a record number of new cases of COVID on Tuesday, days after the start of the games. And their solution appears to be just make everyone who lives there live like they're in a zombie apocalypse. The prime minister was just like avoid all non-essential outings but he also in the same breath said no need to consider a suspension of the games so and god forbid in a related story the cdc is reversing earlier advice that we don't need to wear masks indoors if we've been vaccinated and basically telling people you have to if especially if you're in a hot spot like la st louis etc I'm all for anything that like makes everyone more annoyed at the people who aren't getting vaccinated. And I feel like this will do that. Like just. Oh, most certainly. Fucking fed up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that has to be the message throughout this whole thing is that like the only reason it's still this bad is because people have decided to not get the vaccine. And like before when it was easier to like it, it was harder to blame those people because there wasn't the vaccine <laughs> at this point <laughs> this so the the it's very clear right. it's extremely clear we get and new we're variants. lucky we have it yeah it, oh, we're lucky we have it other people in the world want it and we yeah. have it and reject it what a fucking supremely american move yes absolutely so gross the Ameri- health- american exceptionalism yeah, exactly. I mean, it really is. It's like I was raised. I was raised in it. I was raised in it. I'm 52. I grew up with this whole narrative that basically all you have to do is strut around. That's the American. You know, you don't have to. Nothing will touch you. You're an American. Yeah. Nothing happens. You read about bad news, and it's just somewhere far away. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But California yeah. is making government workers either get the vaccine or provide weekly, like, clean tests. I guess. Uh, so it's like the option between one trip to the doctor, or like weekly trips to the doctors. So yeah, I just that. feel like this is what we need to do. I, I've been kind of harping on this, but the idea of like making it, making getting the vaccine the easy choice, like needs to be more and more the answer that people go with. I mean, we were giving people money not long ago. There was like lotteries, literal lotteries that was of like, insane. hey, oh. Get the vaccine, you might get fifty grand. Get after That's it. Fucking it's like crazy. That wasn't enough. <laughs> nope. I got in my car the day I was allowed to go get a vaccine and yeah. got got my arm shot. Mm-hmm. Me I didn't too. get where's my fifty thousand dollars? Gosh darn it. Yeah. That's, and that damn. is Dan's new catchphrase. <laughs> where's my fifty thousand dollars? Where's my fifty thousand? 
<laughs> Imagine having fifty thousand dollars, you'd be rich. Yeah, catch me on twitch.tv slash where's my fifty thousand dollars. If I got fifty thousand dollars, I'd be I'd open that vape shop I've always wanted to open. <laughs> <laughs> See, and there we are making the world a better place while also getting vaccinated. You wanna know what it's called? I'd vape what? Canaveral. <laughs> oh yeah is it space oh, yeah. themed or yeah yeah i might have to revise it because the whole bezos thing but right that's yeah. pretty good though because cape canaveral you also like are picturing like the the, the trail of like smoke leaving as the rocket uh-huh. leaves and then you so you can do things with that from a design uh-huh. perspective uh just, how about vaped crusaders that's pretty good too. That's pretty okay, good. Right. That's pretty. I'm not because you're going to get both more, both they, sides. The comic I could book sell comic nerd. books too. You could you do could, comic book nerds, but you could, could also get like the right wing people who really want to bring back the crusade. Mm. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, you get everybody, you get everybody across the aisle. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine opening up a comic book store and not knowing? Anything about comics, how fucked you'd be like so fast. <laughs> like if I just casually threw a bunch of X-Men comics in a bin, you know, like next to the cash register mm-hmm. and also was a vape store, right. like the kind Perfect. of arguments you'd get in, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the. Uh, yeah, I think that's the uh, issue where the Avengers like show up in the X-Men or something. <laughs> I'd be like, what? What, <laughs> what I, the fuck are you talking about? There <laughs> has to be a, an episode of like The Apprentice or something like that where the task was to like go run a comic book store for a day. Uh, oh my god! Some, some reality so show fan needs to needs to let us know because that's that be that's the X Men where Archie shows up, right? <laughs> <laughs> meatloaf trying to run a comic book store just the violence devoured. that you would encounter of trying to fake it with comic yeah. book people you can fake it with indie rock people right you can get away with it but comic book people they'll do an investigation they'll right. find oh, out because oh, you can be like oh yeah i can't they're pick questioning which, oh i can't pick i can't even pick which gang of four record i like the best right you, you know just, what i mean and then the indie person will be like oh fine but yeah. then yeah. The, the the comic book people will be like what do you mean you <laughs> can't pick one. Pick one now. Yeah. <laughs> the choice is clear. Pick one now. So we want to do an update on Nithya Raman, a uh, mm. former guest on Daily Zeitgeist, uh, yes. who got elected to be uh, part of the city council. CD4. CD4. And, you know, one of the main things she ran on was uh, addressing the unhoused situation in Los Angeles. And we are uh, seeing some results. She just kind of reported on an approach they took where they, and this is going to sound weird, they treated unhoused people like people. So so the, the solution prior to this had literally been to make people leave the given area where they were. So like if there was an encampment, they would like raid the encampment and just like force them to go somewhere else. And then, you know, a month later, when people who were there complained enough, they would just go and make them force them to move somewhere else. And so the strategy here was just like patience and treating people like people. And yeah, so they like would they went, they made contact with them. They like talked to them, found out like what it would take to get them into shelters a lot of the people had accumulated a lot of things. That was actually an interesting finding 
f- that she also talked about was people in LA were talking about how like during the pandemic the homelessness seemed to like explode and she was saying we like when you actually did the research the numbers went down the numbers of people but like it seemed like there were more people because people were able to like basically camp in place and like build out larger encampments right. so right. Um, Anyways, they like helped these people get their stuff into storage, you know, asked what they were interested in and then worked with them to pursue that uh, rather than just being like going and being like, get out of here. We, you know, you can't be here. You, you, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here type shit like they were. They were yeah, just them. basically chase them around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's all. They just keep them on the run everywhere. Like the one neighborhood yeah. goes crazy and then and says, get them out of here. And then they get them out of there and they go to another day. It's just, it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think this, this, is, the, this is the first step in showing that the solutions are very clearly out there. It takes a little bit of extra work, but it is a solution that we, you know, need to pursue more ferociously. And, and you know, Nithya very clearly points out that like, this is one encampment. This is just my district. This is, you know, this is a big effort that will need to be taken by the city and by, you know, uh, volunteers, people of the city and everybody to help out. But it is for the betterment of everyone. And it just takes a little bit more effort than what we're doing right now, which is basically just like you said, shooing people from one place to another, which is terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's it reminds me of when we talked about uh, when we were talking about policing and like alternate solutions to policing as as it's currently constituted where the police are like a military force that invades like neighborhoods and right. treats the citizens of their own town like enemy combatants we were talking about communities that had created this layer of humanity between like so when you called 911 they would dispatch people actual people, not not armed police officers, but like a community member, a trained social worker, a healthcare expert, somebody who was going to be patient and like listen to you. Mm. You know, that this was in the cases where it wasn't like a imminent threat to somebody. And it was hugely successful. They've been doing it in Eugene, Oregon for decades now, and people are starting to pursue that elsewhere. And this just seems, again, like you're adding a layer of empathy and thinking of the person as a human being, like, rather than an obstacle to be removed. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And I think a a good direction to be moving. Nithya, in, in her Twitter thread, put an email out there that you can hit up if you want to get involved in the LA area. And we'll put that in the footnotes. I was, when I hike, I watch those people with um, big, big houses watching TV in like a little corner of it. Mm-hmm. And you know the air conditioning's going in every part of that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking rich people don't want to leave anywhere that they might go in anytime in the next six months not air conditioned. Oh. <laughs> but I just notice all the wasted fuck. There's a house up there that, there's a house up there right near that trailhead that's just like, got like a mercedes in the driveway with like a cover on it mm. and it's just vacant it's i mean it's they they have like gardeners come and take care of it but no one's ever there it's just a house just right. sitting there you know and i bet it's air conditioned too inside yeah um anyway so there's houses you know there's just places to it's just i you know the, the idea of just being in a 
like a really nice neighborhood and just being mad at people for I mean the idea that homelessness is a, is something you just it's definitely treated by even like smart people just get very crazy around that subject and are just like I want them gone you know what I mean I don't care where they go you know what yeah. I mean like and it's like I don't know it's it's a it's a it's a major People get like, you know, this is my home. I pay for this. So I don't want this here. You know what I mean? It's like, but you also are hoarding resources. You know, you've got like, absolutely. you've got, you you, you took too much space. You got 14 outbuildings that are, you got one outbuilding with a, with a fucking foosball table in it. It's refrigerated (laughs) down to 40 degrees in case your (laughs) stupid nephew goes in there. (laughs) You know, less nephews, more fucking humanity. And it's, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Less nephews, more humanity, I think. is That's great, exactly right. Crofton that 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations to, I don't know who uh, won. She won a, a seat on something? Yeah, Nithia. Nithia. Yeah. That's she, so awesome. That's oh, yeah, great. She's, she's the uh, council person for Council District 4 here in Los Angeles. Yeah, um, That just happened? That no, happened, happened back 20, when yeah, Biden was. 20, oh, so uh, she's been on the show what, what as a council person. She came on when she was running. Running. Yeah. Well, so, that's cool. She got the yeah. TDZ bump. I'm not saying we're totally responsible for saving the world, but, you know, we certainly help. Most people I talk to say you are. There you go. <laughs> I don't really talk to anybody. Though. I think there's a, I talk a lot on here about like sort of the psychology of, you know, the cognitive dissonance involved in being a white person in America and like just the the things that, stress white people out of like the white supremacy and like knowing that there's a lie there and like that that being part of the reason that there's so much anger around it and so much just like rage that you see coming out of white people is like they there's the knowledge that there's a lie there that you're having to protect and like distance yourself from and like you don't want to admit that so there's like extra extra fear there. I th- I think the same thing's true with the homelessness thing. When you look at, I think you're right. The, the response is so illogical and just so move thing from out of my face. Yeah. Now. Sometimes from other, sometimes yeah. from otherwise, otherwise reasonable people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this- it's because it is the consequence of their resource hoarding. It's like the one like unavoidable consequence and, like everything else they feel like they can buy their way out of. And so they're just yeah. like, there's like a desperation there. And yet we could buy our way out of this as well, but it would just mean putting your resources towards something that isn't a bigger TV in your place. Yeah. Yeah. Or more yeah. air conditioning. I mean, I can't help but I hate to be like this person who just hates everybody who has stuff or something, you know, because that's the way it's characterized. Oh, you're just a hater who hates people who have Porsches or whatever. But it's like, I can't help but look at a Porsche Cayenne and think, you could get a decent car that, and t- and take that extra money and and give it to a homeless shelter. I mean, I just can't help but think that. I mean, yeah. I I understand that people need cars, you know, especially in Los Angeles, you know. But you know, or you know, they need cars for now. Hopefully, big picture, we'll get rid of cars. But you know, that's anyway. While we have while we have to have cars, I have a car. Let's put it that way. I have mm. a car. It's a Honda Fit, and I paid it off for six years, and it's been awesome to have. It's a new car, and I love it. And, um, but you know, I think if you buy a car that costs seven times as much as that, my car, like, I think you should take those extra six times as much 
yeah. you know, and, and give it away. And so I, when I see a person with a Porsche Cayenne, I think badly of them. I mean, I hate to say that, but I honestly think it's a logical position to take. I yeah. think it's a lot because I think you can look at the world and see, you know, you don't need a Porsche Cayenne and, you know, whatever. I, I, don't, I don't know why I'm so mad at Porsche Cayennes, but I just am. They're <laughs> everywhere. They're yeah. fucking everywhere. A lot they of really people are, have those yeah. fucking things. How much are they? And they're just basically like SUVs. They even have an SUV. Right. That says Porsche on it. I mean, I that doesn't even make any sense. I feel like the Porsche Cayenne more than I, I have no knowledge of like what it's like to drive or like what they're like. But that one really seems to me like you're paying for the fact that there's like a Porsche thing. That's what on I mean. It. It's like putting totally. a sticker, like taking a RAV4 or yeah. something, just like peeling off the Toyota and putting a fucking Porsche sticker on yeah. it. Yeah. You're just paying, so you can not get laughed at at the country club or whatever. You're paying $40,000 for the logo on the fucking hood. Yes, and I would not be as mad if it was called Porsche Paprika. <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't. I don't know why. Yeah, that was your because that, that's cute. That was your Cayenne. I, it's just bullshit, man. Yeah. Cayenne. What's <laughs> Cayenne about it? Yeah, <laughs> nothing. That's really funny. All right, let's take uh, another quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back, and Dan had a had a quick addition to yesterday's story about uh, the five kids under the age of ten who all. Oh, you talked about that yesterday. Shoot, accidentally ate edibles, but I do love this detail uh, that you added just about. So we were talking, Chris, about how <laughs> uh, the idea of like ten or five kids under the age of ten all being like way too high was just. I, I couldn't really picture what that would be because children are already like naturally the most high creatures that I've ever like I was talking about how my kids are always saying shit like how do my bones move me and <laughs> so Dan, Dan uh, has a good well, yeah that's exactly what old people say when they're <laughs> yeah, high <exactly. laughs> right. the Dan had a good one uh, from when he was a kid how much does a golf course weigh yeah <laughs> Wow. That was a fresh question to my father when I was a wee lad. We were driving to school and I said, Dad, how much does a golf course weigh? Like, I don't know, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you're not know. a scientist. Why aren't right. you a scientist? Because I ask how questions come, like that. How come you didn't grow up to weigh golf courses? <laughs> hey, who knows, you know? Hey, uh, the social weight of golf courses is too oh, much, oh. is more than we can bear. I'll tell you that so wait, much. That's another cold brew truth bomb. There you go. <laughs> Fuck. That's, bro, that was, that was, yeah. That's, I think. Talk about stoned. That needs to be like a project in LA and for the next 40 years is get rid of these fucking private golf courses that are taking up like what is the best park land in Jesus. Los Angeles. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It, and fucking it's, hell. And we pay for it with fucking taxes. Talk about mm -hmm. like I pay my taxes so that I don't have to I pay my taxes so that fucking rich guys can go to a little club that I'm not allowed into and and yeah. play on like they got to make a smaller sport. That's yeah. a rich person's sport. These five, like 50,000. Hey, acres. asshole, make a smaller sport. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we need five square miles yeah. for our sport. Fuck oh, off. well, then you can't do it anymore. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have to live with it. What? Yeah. Then you'll have to live with it. 
at least like hunters go out to a place that nobody's like trying to like what if they like had a hunting preserve in the middle of the fucking city where like, they're still assholes though because i get, like i watch these metal detector guys you know go out in the woods and they have to wear a ton of orange and shit so they don't get blown away yeah. by some dick for sure yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah don't shoot me i'm not a deer yeah i'll shoot whatever i want asshole but this is like I, I'm reading whenever I'm reading a book, I have to mention at least 10 times on Daily Zeitgeist, but I'm reading uh, The Power Broker, uh, which is about Robert Moses. And like I'm at the part where he's still pretty cool. And uh, page not, 40. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, it's like in the 200s. Uh, oh, fuck. Or, you really are in there. Yeah. But it well, it's in a thousand page book. So I'm never oh, going to make it all the way through. God damn but. It. He is currently like kicking the Vanderbilts off of like a bunch of land that they've been hoarding on Long Island to to build public parks there. Like it's why we have like Fire Island is because somebody like fought that fight at a certain point and kicked the extremely wealthy off of it. So Right. And now if someone tried to do that, they'd be like, This is unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's ever been mean to a rich person before. Yep. All right. Well, Let's talk about Kanye West real quick. Mm, please. This is just like my favorite Kanye story that I've heard in probably six years. It's so he he had that thing where he debuted like his rough draft of his album that he's been working on, Donda, uh, to a sold out crowd at the Mercedes Benz Stadium, just walked around on a giant white like thing that apparently cost $500,000. It was, it was so, like, just strange, but, like, in a way that I I, I like when he's strange in that way, uh, where it seems like he, you know, is in control of it and is, the like, confidence. having fun with it. Yeah, the confidence, the confidence. is incredible. But, so, <laughs> going off of that, he, he apparently, like, really liked the vibe of that whole event with just a, a sold-out <laughs> crowd, like, watching him walk. He was like... Yeah. Yeah, okay, this is kind of cool. So he liked the vibe enough that he hasn't left since then. Um, (laughs) He is living there now. All right, I saw a picture of that. Is that really true? Yes, apparently. What do you mean he's living there? You can't live in a stadium. Where is he living? Like behind the snack bar or something? (laughs) That's what I think. Like, so I've, I've heard of other people like having like offices at Staples Center. I think there's like parts of these like giant buildings that we don't know about that we like oh, never yeah. go into i forgot it was in the 1970s i was picturing a <laughs> 1970s arena where right. is he sleeping at a hot dog stand <laughs> but like he just like randomly like showed up at a mls soccer game like the phantom of the opera was just like hanging out because they were having a, a soccer game in his in his house i saw that picture so does he wear that thing on his face all the time now? Does he wear that when he sleeps i wonder i mean that's when does his, he take it off that's the period he's going does through he put right it on now. before he answers the door Probably. I he's like, hold on a second. He he heard about like, the mask mandate. He, he comes to the door and he's like, oh, bom, <laughs> Stop doing that, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why are you making sound, that noise? Sounds like a didgeridoo <laughs> for yeah. some reason. Why are you making that noise? <laughs> That's the noise this person with the mask on makes. <laughs> we all sound like that. I'm totally into it too, but I think that I just, I mean, I think he should drop the listening party and just, yeah, next time just do it with no noise. <laughs> just sell out a wow. just sell out a stadium just to just walk around on a sheet. Just as an exercise in confidence. Yeah, it's yeah like he should the, just keep trying. It's like that uh that 
work of art, the artist is present where she like sits down across from one person, oh, yeah. except it's Kanye sitting across Marina sitting in front Brink of, of 30,000 people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's he, if he pushed Owning too far, them with his mad. sheer confidence. Yeah. He I've always defended, <laughs> I've yeah. always defended Kanye because there, I th- there's something that makes people irrationally mad about him. You just said like it would make he might make people mad. He already makes people so mm-hmm. mad. Like from the start, people just like he really drives people crazy. Well, a long time ago, yes. I mean, I think a lot of it is that. I mean, <laughs> is that he's black. I mean, like white people get so mad about Kanye, yeah, for shit that he does that is. Like they celebrate bad behavior and rock stars constantly, and then right. Kanye does something like, like fuck. I mean, like when Kanye interrupted Taylor Swift's speech, yeah, like years ago. I just remember white people were so like, oh, he's really gone too far. You know, I mean, it's like, what are you fucking talking about? Right? Like, yeah, fucking. Do you know what Oasis has done? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, my. I mean, it's just like complete. It's a really good example of. Of racism. I mean, it's like, because mm. Kanye is, can be a dick, but I mean, oh, like, that's sure. part of the, de- you know, that's part of, usually that's part of what people like about rock stars. Yeah. If they're white. You know, they're like, oh, fucking Jim Morrison didn't give a fuck. <laughs> right. You know, and then the, Kanye's like, Kanye thinks it's okay to use his fucking salad fork <laughs> for the entree. <laughs> right. <laughs> Damn, what what are your thoughts on that's on the, the the salad fork thing is a bridge too far for me personally. Just <laughs> that, you can't, wow, you can't, you can't deal with that. Um, okay, Emily yeah. Post. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, I, I, I personally with Kanye, I think it's a situation where you know I would love for him to be open to getting help of some kind, where it just feels like it's just constantly surrounding himself with yes people at every possible moment and. It just uh, kind of allowing him to do whatever he wants at every opportunity, whether it's healthy for him or not. Mm-hmm. The 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 stadium thing. I mean, you know, it started with it started with MSG. It started with Madison Square Garden and doing it there. And I think he's just like bigger, more people, more yeah. stadium, more snow, more <laughs> more this, more everything. And it's just it's just kind of like a it's a, a display of grandiose ego and and like bravado and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I know I just described things rather than having a take on it, but like, I guess my no, take I think is that's just fair. like, this, like, I think this a lot Kanye of people, doing Kanye until yeah. someone steps in and is like, I'm going to help this human being. Like, I think a lot of people's like take on it is to be worried and that worried for him. Yeah. And I think that's totally fair. Also, I just think in this particular case, like, it's it's kind of awesome. I also don't <laughs> know if he's if he's not getting help like i don't i just don't know like what his well it's cooler than like you know like richard branson going to space with yes. his stupid friends yeah. and the, yeah, he, he sure. doesn't have to waste any resources to stand around like the family phantom of the opera there's lots of fun we can have here on earth yeah i'm gonna write him a letter there you go <laughs> okay dear kanye and and the address is what is it uh bmw uh, uh, center i think BMW. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's all it <laughs> or says the mercedes-benz whatever mm-hmm. one of those yeah, exactly. i'm gonna send him a christmas list <laughs> <laughs> that sounds lovely but that is incredible i think it's neat and i think that uh neat i think it's neat <laughs> i think, it's I neat think that's that the right doing. word for it i think it's it neat. Is neat. I, 
I think I just want to know what you do when you got that mask on. Because like, if what if someone at this game talks to him? Is he allowed to talk to him, or is he just like? I mean, he didn't even talk to the crowd. You know what I mean? Like, I know, but I wonder if he's allowed to talk with that thing on. You know, like I don't think he is. Like they'll be like, Kanye, how are you enjoying the game? And he's like. You know, post verbal. Yeah. Did you just make a noise? Bomb, bomb, bomb. Post verbal. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I want him to do a listening party where he doesn't do any listening. There's nothing. <laughs> There's he nothing. Just makes duck noise. That's he next. feels like a you duck. Wait, wa- that's next. <laughs> he impersonates a chicken for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the main event. We want to talk about this hospital horse. Fuck oh. yeah. I feel like this is. So when I first saw this, oh, I man. thought, okay, we're definitely <laughs> living in the simulation because. This, I mean, it's a, it's, it just feels like it's coming from another dimension. The horse Mm-mm. like appears so confident as it like hovers that there's a picture, if you haven't seen it, of the horse visiting a woman who either appears to be like, like dissolving into tears at the like majesty of the horse or like having a terror bowel movement. Like it's, no, I think you're, I think you're right on the terror first bowel movement. Yeah. My Lord. Is it, well, I, it's just <laughs> like pretty early ah, in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> The horse is delivering the last rites right there. That's the horse saying the final words that this person is going to hear. Yeah. I'm sure the person thinks that. What does a person who's near in near-death delirium think when a horse is in their room? Right. And, it, and also, I mean, I'm sure, it's a, I'm sure it's a scale thing because it's a picture. But this horse is enormous. Yeah. And you see that it's, it's, it's bulging. It has a yeah. beautiful braid. But then, like, how did that horse fit through that door? It is a miracle that this door, this horse is braid. just sauntering through a hospital and then, you know, teleports from outside into this room. It right. After huge. choosing. After choosing. After choosing, yeah. Like, the, the degree to which they have given this horse the run of the hospital is truly, like, next level. So the, the tweet says, In France, a beautiful 15-year-old stallion named Peo often comes to comfort and soothe terminal patients at the Tecker Hospital in Calais. Mispronouncing all those French words. Nice. The horse chooses which patient he wants to see, kicking his hoof outside the door. So... It like the horse is just this like magisterial presence that just kind of like wanders through the hospital and decides to like go in and see a dying human. And like the amount of <laughs> confidence and eye contact that is uh, going on in this in this uh, photograph is pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. But so my theory that this is proof that we're living in the simulation is just that like the idea of putting a horse in a hospital like happened a few years ago when John Mulaney was saying that like the Trump presidency is like having a horse in a hospital and you have to just like sort of at first you're like, Oh, there's a horse in the hospital. But then you're like, wait, what's it going to do? I think that that joke just like spawned this in our collective unconsciousness and whatever, however the simulation works is it's now like portaled over into reality. I think that's what's going on. I mean, I think the real question here is, what kind of hospital is this that lets a horse in it? <laughs> what, who let it in? Who let it in, regardless of what it does after that? Like, yeah, I, no. I, it's great that it's doing all this stuff once it's in there, but what the fuck is it doing in there, and who brought it? Yeah. Who had is the there, idea the first time? <laughs> is there another? This is a, this is the part I was thinking of while I was listening to you guys. I was just thinking, well, what other animals are wandering around in there? Is there a squid that slaps the patients? <laughs> Like, how many other? Is there a rhinoceros that disrespects the dead? Yeah. I mean, and who's to say if this horse is just doing a power move? Like, look, I'm alive and beautiful. Right. 
You look like <laughs> shit, Grandma. <laughs> you for real? Look, I, you know, there's a lot of like projection on this horse. Oh, one hundred percent. I was gonna. That say, horse I could be this... saying in your face, Granny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this horse is just looking for salt on people's arms, and it's like, yes. Oh, is this oats? Yes. Is this, <laughs> this is oats. <laughs> I just, uh, what I was going to say earlier is I found this Guardian article about, about this horse. So there's a couple couple very interesting lines in here. One, there's a picture <laughs> that I just posted in the chat that uh, is horrifying. A looming horse in the background, just, just, just out of focus, looking on these doctors like, are you <laughs> providing medical care? And then also this line. <laughs> With Peo, this is from the horse's owner. With Peo, we try to recreate life at the end of life in order to fight and create an energy to accompany families and caregivers, says his trainer, Hassan Bouchakor. So what is it, what is this image that they're trying to craft here with this horse that this horse has no idea about at all? Right. We try to create life at the end of life. I mean, there's Ooh, like definitely like an artistic <laughs> thing that they're trying to do here. And I'm sure it, like I'm sure in person this is quite the thing to see. Like yes. a horse just a... wandering the halls of the hospital. All the pictures in this article are stunning. Just I'm just thinking about so much stuff right now. Like imagine being dying and then there's horse shit in your room. Yeah, I was just thinking of the horse taking a shit also, which has to happen. Like yes. they do not have this horse house broken. Yes. Oh, oh. Oh, God damn! Oh, these, good thing it's not a monkey. These pictures. Imagine are if it was a monkey, like pull out all their tubes and yeah, shit. Seriously, yeah. just freaking out, yelling. <laughs> he drank my saline solution. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize it was like visiting terminal patients, and now this Guardian article is really fucking me up. Oh, I'm they I'm also so sorry. have the they also have the horse like licking a casket of a like young person who died of cancer. Jesus Fuck. Christ. Fucking Nosferatu. Oh my God, horse. I did not scroll all the way down there. Oh my gosh. Fucking just God. inhaling the soul. This, this the horse is just Daniel. a vampire. God damn it. <laughs> vampire horse. Yeah. Sucking souls. <gasps> that, that would be soul great. sucking horse. <laughs> soul sucking horse. Someone needs to Photoshop the uh, horse inhaling this woman's soul like through his nostrils. I just want to be near death and be like, get these fucking animals out of here! I'm trying to die! (laughs) (laughs) Some of the people are actually riding the horse through the hallway. Like, Give life at the end of life is such a funny idea. Like, get up, it's time to do karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) Ride the horse one last time. Ride that horse all the way. We realize you don't have any living loved ones, so we arranged a karaoke party. With a bunch of animals. (laughs) (laughs) We're taking you you to a farm. You're going to pet all the ducks. I want to stay here. (laughs) No, this is for the news. (laughs) Chris, uh, as always, such a pleasure having you, man. Thank you so much fun to be on, man. Both of you guys. uh, And uh, always, I mean, always so much fun. I always look forward to this very much. We always look forward to having you. Thanks. Uh, where can people uh, find you and follow you? You can follow me on at the Crofton Show on Instagram and Twitter. Still writing poems almost every day on Twitter, and uh, you can watch Cold Brew Got Me Like live tonight on uh, Twitch at six thirty yeah. Pacific. Yeah. Or you can watch it, watch it on YouTube. Cold Brew Got Me Like, or you can watch it on um or listen to it on Spotify or Apple, whatever. And it's it's a podcast now, and it's a uh, 
it works as a podcast because yeah. we basically do a lot of talking. We, I mean, the videos are part of it, but it's not. Anyway, it works as a podcast. So listen to that Goldbrew Got Me Like and, and view it as well. And is there <laughs> a tweet or some other work on oh, yes. social media you've been enjoying? Yes. I, I, I have one for once. Seems like you have it written Because this down. is the part of the fucking show where I fall apart every time. I'm like, <laughs> oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. It's, but maybe someone's already done it because it was such a masterpiece. Blair Saki, did someone already do it? No, I don't think so. Her, her like long thing that she did about being on the plane. Oh my God. No, so I don't think so. Funny. Let's God hear it. damn it. Okay. Blair's the legend. This is, oh, this is such a fucking good tweet. It's not even a tweet, it's like an epic story. <laughs> so, Blair Saki. Man across the aisle is pretending not to notice me sexually. A trained oh thespian. A trained thespian, but unfortunately for him, I have a trained eye and I can see through his beleaguered labor. <laughs> and then she says, I know he's digging deep right now as he hasn't looked, me, looked over in minutes. The strain is palpable. You could say it has its own heartbeat at this point. Poor thing is if any man has ever resisted a woman eating beef jerky with a Chardonnay in the history of the world. <laughs> That's the line of the whole thing. That's the line. <laughs> In the history of the world is what kills me. <laughs> Pull this Kindle out. Coquettish little tart. A master of coy. A master of coy. Hasn't a clue his transparency is blinding me like a freshly cleaned glass. Yep, I've got him right where I want him. He's a goner. Man has no idea who he's dealing with. Fortunately, my playbook is endless. Just reapplied Aquaphor to my entire face. Can see he's besieged with his <laughs> desire to run his hand down my cheek like a slip and slide. Though he hides in Tom Clancy, I know surrender is near. <laughs> folks, folk, folks, he just pulled out an eye mask. The gazelle is limping now. We're about to close. <laughs> I can't even. There's folks, only two more. Sorry. He fell asleep. Limping now. He fell asleep. Sir, you think I was born yesterday? I haven't seen something this calculated since the subprime mortgage scandal. Sweet little bugger isn't ready for my ultimate finisher move where I offer him some of my veggie crisps and he gracefully concedes, giving over to TH. You know, it just ends. <laughs> so fucking good. So great. Oh, that wait, she's amazing. got one more she added a day later. Well, we spent the weekend together. He <laughs> cried and said he doesn't know what he'll do if I don't fly and meet his entire family immediately. I swear, I wish life would surprise me even one time. <laughs> <laughs> Even one Fucking time. Shit. As if anyone has resisted great. a woman eating beef jerky and drinking Chardonnay in the history of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Blair why the history of the world kills me so it's Such much. a legend. That's amazing. Oh, Daniel, where can people yes, find sir. you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on all the things, including twitch.tv slash DJ underscore Daniel, where I too will be streaming this evening. But I start oh, earlier. Fuck. I start earlier, so you can oh, come say God. hi to me and then go watch Cold Brew Got thank Me Like. Thank God. But you can find me there. And I also have a short series of tweets that I liked from former guest Pat Soroy. Is it Soroyce? I think it's Pat Soroyce. And he told a story. I'll read this one quickly. This is my addition to the men's wedding ring discourse. One time at the pawn shop, a woman came in looking to get a quote on a ring. It was a little-ass diamond solitaire. I think I told her we'd give her $100 for it. She asked how much we'd sell it for. I told her $250. She looked a little pissed, and that's usually because jewelry has an insane retail markup. She asked what ring like that would cost in stores. I told her, I don't know, $400, $500. She scoffed and said thank you and took her ring back. Instead of leaving, though, she shopped out her phone. She called her man, presumably the dude who gave her the ring, and very loudly was like, so that's all you're coming to this marriage with? $400? They went back and forth for a few minutes, and finally she said, well, I'm here. Come through. 
20 minutes later, the dude oh, pulled no. up and he legit looked like Slim Thug if he joined one of those Christian weightlifting teams. Dude stormed in and they argued for a second. And then he said, who the fuck told you that? Girl just pointed to me and the dude charged up. He asked me how the fuck I got those numbers. And I told him it was just based off market value and met risk and weight and stuff. He pulled her aside and they argued for a few more minutes and finally said, can I use that $100 to put towards another ring and layaway? Oh my God. I told him for sure, and the three of us headed to the jeweler case to look for a ring that was more to her liking. After about 20 minutes, it became obvious she wasn't feeling the shit we had. She looked around for a bit, and her eyes settled on a set of rims and tires. 22-inch <laughs> blades. She asked if they'll fit her car, so we take out the lug gauge and check her car against the tires, and it turns out they're a match. They were going for a G, and we needed 10% down for layerway. $100 did the trick, and we set them aside. Two weeks later, he came and got him out, and I like to think that somewhere out there in the depths of Facebook, there's a pic of that lady posted up in front of her Impala on 22s like this, talking about, I said yes! (laughs) (laughs) That's That's adorable. Oh, I love that story. Shout out at PZTX. Former guest, Pat Soroyce. There you go. All right. Uh, Tweet I enjoyed. Doth tweeted, I respect the moon because it controls two of our most precious elements, oceans and wolves. And <laughs> big culture energy put a tweet after my own heart. Havana syndrome. Have you tried Havana fucking girlfriend? Oh, well. <laughs> Havana, I guess. That's oh. funny. That's good. <laughs> really got me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post episodes and our footnotes Footnotes. we link off the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song that we think you might enjoy dj daniel do you do you have a song that you'd recommend people go check out i do have a song that i recommend people go check out a little heavier than i'm sure some people are used to but this awesome artist this guy named uber u-b-u-r is a new EP that just came out called Odium. And one of the songs on it is called Nightcrawl. It's like a drum and bassy tune, but it's a lot more stripped down. It's a lot more bare, but it lets every sound come through. There's fantastic growls. There's really good energy to it. And it's just like, you know, a good nighttime driving song. And uh, so, yeah, go check out Nightcrawl by Uber, U-B-U-R. And Chris, is there a song of yours that you would uh, direct people to, to to check out? Oh wow, that's a nice question. Um, yes, please go uh, go to um. What am I saying? Go to Spotify. <laughs> go to Spotify. Well, we'll just link to no, one of the ones uh, that people. Can um, get to. Hello, it's me. My new record's finished, but it hasn't come out yet. So my last one was from 2018. It's called Hello, It's Me, and I would recommend "It's All My Fault" off that record. That's probably my favorite song on. All right. Well, we are going to link off to both of those. Thanks so much. Notes. Yeah, yeah. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 <laughs>